Welcome, everybody, to the That Kind of Nerd Podcast. I am CJ Mellon. I am Brian Thornton. And I am Josh Burns. Welcome to our show. This episode of That Kind of Nerd Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com has over 180,000 audiobooks. That's ridiculous. And it works with iPhone, Android, or anything that you can plug a pair of headphones into, okay? It's amazing. And here's the really cool part. Because you are a listener of the That Kind of Nerd Podcast, not only do you get a free 30-day trial, but you also get a free audiobook. And here's the cool part. You own these books. When you buy them, they're yours to keep. So you don't have to worry about a subscription service that after you're done, you don't have them anymore. You own the books. This week, I'm going to recommend Ernest Klein's new book, Armada. You may remember that we told you to read Ready Player One, which is an amazing book by Ernest Klein. But Armada is his next book, and it's definitely worth a try. It's basically just another day for Zach Lightman as he's dreaming out of the window at math class. He's a senior and he's got one month till graduation and one more month till freedom if you know he can make it that long without getting suspended. But then he glances out the window and he spots a flying saucer. And at first, Zach thinks he's going crazy. But a minute later, well, he's pretty sure now he's actually going crazy because the UFO that he spot is straight out of a video game that he plays every night called Armada. And it's a game where the Earth is being invaded by aliens. But when Zack sees this, he realizes that it's all too real. And now his skills, as well as millions of gamers from across the world, are going to be needed to save the Earth from what's about to befall it. An invasion has begun. This book is so freaking cool. I absolutely love Ernest Klein, and it's narrated again by none other than Will Wheaton. So we highly recommend you try it out. But how are you going to do that? Ah, it's plain and simple, guys. You're just going to go to audibletrial.com slash that kind of nerd. And like I said, you're going to get this book as a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial. And listen, if you're trying out the book and you don't like it, you can actually swap it out for another book, no questions asked. So go to audibletrial.com slash that kind of nerd. That's audibletrial.com slash that kind of nerd. Thank you so much for supporting our show. Welcome, everybody, to our 22nd episode, which just still surprises me that you guys would even bother listening past episode one. Why do you got to keep putting us down like that? I just I, I, I just don't feel worthy. We're highly worthy. entertaining people, CJ. Uh, this week, uh, Josh could not be here to record with us. But guys, it's not just going to be Brian and I. We have, of course, brought back our wonderful gaming expert, Jeff Thomas. Woo! I'm here to save the day. What's up? Here he comes to save the day. Do I get um, entrance music this time? <laughs> so uh, while while he's not drinking scotch or a crazy beer, he does have a nice tall glass of wine. So it's true. It's I, nice eight dollar wine. Ooh, um, I could break out it. the good it's, stuff. Uh, Bodega Elena. So if you ever want to spend Bodega. eight dollars on a bottle of wine, Bodega. I've got my Cavassier. Take it to anyway. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. So much. Uh, so listen, we got some fun things to talk about. Uh, and the first thing that I, I really want to bring up is a big topic that we talk about on the podcast and on our website is streaming. And we, we've we talked about how important this is to our lives. We have shows that we stream and we're daring, not daring, but making each other watch and challenging each other to finish. 
And uh, it's a big part of your life. And there's some changes that are coming down the road. And we talked about YouTube trying to change. We talked about uh, Netflix changing some of their models down the road. But there's one that's coming up uh, in the near future. Or if you're listening to this in the future, uh, this happened in the past. And this is just old news to you. Uh, Netflix is not renewing its contract with Epics uh, at the end of September of 2015. Uh, and it will be over at the end of October. Now, I know what a majority of you are thinking because even Brian... What the hell is Epics? What the hell is Epics? And like, <laughs> People use that? <laughs> people are like, what is it? And it's, it's not so much as... It's to, epic. You don't get it. It's, it's totally it's, epic. It's not that epic. It's really but, not. But what it, is, what it embodies is pretty important because it's, it's Paramount Pictures, uh, MGM, and Lionsgate. Now, I still know some of you are saying, oh, I know those names. I have no idea what that means. It means this. There's a couple movies that are leaving Netflix, a group of movies, and their subscription, you know, sequels and prequels. That includes The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, World War Z, Transformers, Age of Extinction. I mean, so many big blockbuster movies are Anything leaving with Netflix. <laughs> Pretty much. If it blows up... <laughs> You it, will not be able to watch it on it's Netflix. It's not anymore. going to be on Netflix right now. <laughs> the thing was that Netflix uh, had originally when they launched a, a like exclusive contract for these three studios, but then as Amazon and Hulu and, and other services started to you know gain prominence, they lost some of the exclusivity, and they asked them again to hey let's go be exclusive together, and they said no, and Netflix just pulled out. So I know when you guys initially read you know, this article, you heard this news, you, were you under the same impression that most people were? Like, I don't even know what the hell this is. I, I mean, yeah, at first. And then yeah. I read the article. I was like, oh, that's what that is. I always saw, like, you know, back when I sold TVs and stuff, I saw the app logo, you know, for Epics and whatnot. But I've never personally, you know. I remember, like, a commercial for Epics before one of my DVDs, like, five years ago. And I watched it. I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. It's like exclusive content for all these movies. And I'm like, but I own the movie. Well, Epic is basically like a collection, though, of, right, a collection, though, of, it's not just like extra content and stuff. It's a collection of these studios. It's a way to distribute them. Well, and now it, I know that. Well, right, right, right. Uh, and the fact that it's leaving was interesting for, for Netflix. Now, my question is, like, the Hunger Games and World War Z and Transformers, movies like that, are those movies that you typically watch on Netflix? I own them. Yeah, it seems like a lot of them are going to be these movies that people will buy on Blu-ray. So, well, I mean, I and that's know. that's the big part of that, about it is that like th- there's not going to be any hole missing in in the universe because you can get most of these movies on demand. You can get them um, through you know other companies and other streaming sources, and that's the point. I mean, Netflix wanted if you can get it anywhere else, why would you watch it on Netflix? So they just decided to let's concentrate on our our own stuff and they have all this other stuff lined up their own movies the original content so yeah and and that's sure. the response and that's the response that they gave they said listen this isn't exclusive to us it's not making netflix any more special it, nobody's you know. nobody is signing up for netflix so they can watch michael bay's teenage mutant ninja turtles that's all i'm saying <laughs> it wasn't and i don't think they bad. really care i know i enjoyed the movie i'm just saying when i signed up for netflix i wasn't like one day Michael Bay is going to make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, and I need to watch it through but, this service. So I know when I signed up for Netflix, I was like, oh, Netflix has like the movies I, I would watch on a whim. 
And, you know, I don't own the Hunger Games Catching Fire, but if it came up on, like, recommendations one day, I'm bored. I'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. I'll, I'll watch Hunger Games Catching Fire. Or before the new movie comes out, I want to catch up on the Do anthology. Do a marathon. That's what I was thinking, right. too. And, like, and that, you, that would be the only thing that I would find an issue with if you wanted a marathon and that stuff's not available. Yeah, but, again, when it, it is going to be available, because when a movie like that comes out, it's, like, flooded all over the place. When Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 comes out, I guarantee you, you'll get it on demand. You can get it on HBO Go. You can get it um, through any Digital number of iTunes streaming purchase services. with like Apple TV or something. Yeah, yeah. like you can rent it for two ninety nine <laughs> on Apple TV well, or something well, like hey, that. Hey, let's let's not get crazy here. I got my subscription to Netflix because I'm not paying to own movies because I yes, just expect Netflix to just have all the movies. Mm-hmm. So for but Netflix, I know for the flat have fee. all the movies, right? For eight bucks, and that's it. Uh, or for mooching it off of your, uh, you know, your family member's Netflix account. Thanks, Drew. I appreciate <laughs> No one it. would ever do that. That's uh, a licensing thing. <laughs> You're allowed to. Uh, any, but, uh, but this is the I thing. actually pay extra for my Netflix account so more people can mooch off of it. Uh, I am probably the reason why <laughs> Netflix. You're welcome, family. <laughs> um, but here's the deal. When people sign up for these services, I, I think they're really looking for one service to rule them all. One service that... They don't have to hop, skip, and jump around. Because, all right, we were mentioned on-demand titles, right? You know, Hunger Games, uh, World War Z, all that stuff. It, that's going to be on, on on-demand. But how awesome or how good of your on-demand experience is your current cable package? Like, is it easy to find a movie that's on-demand? Do you really want to know the answer to that question? <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to make me cry. Because my yeah. cable package is amazing. And, yeah. And is it easy? To, it. So you both have an easy-to-find on-demand. I literally can, if I was like, oh, I want to watch this movie. I wonder if it's on-demand. I just start typing it, and they're like, did you mean Transformers? I'm like, hell yeah, I meant Transformers, and I click it. Well, and especially with, like, X1, I have Comcast, so especially with X1, the platform oh, you do is too? so easy to navigate. Oh my god, it's... we're, like, totally the same. Oh Thanks. my god. Really appreciate the fact that I see I don't Shameless have... Comcast plugs. <laughs> I don't have a really nifty cable provider that has a good intuitive Sounds like a demand program. Problem, bro. Well, but I mean, like, I, I, I don't like that. So here's here's the flip side of this, okay? Because this, this is the fun part to this story. <clears throat> Uh, after the, the like hours after Netflix publicly said, well, we're not doing it with Epics anymore. Sorry. We just, we're not doing the exclusivity. Hulu said, absolutely. We'll do a deal with Epics. We'll take the, you don't want the movies. We'll take them. I don't care if you can get them on Amazon. I don't care if you get them on, on demand. Hulu wants that content and just went, thank you. I mean, okay. Hours after that. Good for Hulu. Yeah. And I, I don't know. A lot of people um, that I know also have Hulu and Netflix. It's not like they use, you know, it's one. not like a, an exclusive one. Like right. I watch all the past episodes on Netflix and then I watch the current season on Hulu. Yep. So but a lot of people are. So, OK, so I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. A lot of people, when they have a music streaming service, don't have another one. Right. When you have Spotify, you're not paying for Apple Music. If you have RDO, you're not using Pandora. When you have a streaming music service, you have one and that's it. And I know a lot of people are clamoring, asking for, they can't wrap their head around why movies aren't that way and TV shows. Now, go ahead. I'm sorry. The licensing involved in movies is a lot different than music. Right. Yeah. And TV. Yeah. And and TV. And that's why you can't have one service to rule them all. But I will say this in, in regards to that. Because everybody likes things to be simple and easy. If you own a television that was made post, Jeff, like 2011, 
2012. They all you have talking like smart TV kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and most of the software now, the the television providers are are like, we know it, there's a lot of stuff out there. Here's some sort of menu or app you can choose, and it'll show every movie that you want and what service it is on. Yep. So. If I want to watch The Hunger Games, I go into this app, I choose The Hunger Games, and it'll be like, hey, Catching Fire is on Hulu. It's not on Netflix, but you can watch it on Hulu or on demand or whatever. It's it's simple if now, you know how to integrate with, your like, devices. The TVs and stuff, you go, you run into a lot of issues with the actual TV manufacturers not knowing what the hell they're doing when they make that whole deal. So, I mean, I think it's more of like a familiarity thing. There's like, if also you, a website somewhere that does that too. What, like brings up your... Yeah, which which, which will it won't even bring up your history, but you can at least like search something and it'll say, here's what it's available on. Here are the things that you are currently subscribed to. And then like when you click on it, it'll open up the app or whatever that you are currently yeah, subscribed yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, for yeah. It. I, know, I, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. So the thing that I, I took away when I was reading this is when when Netflix launched uh, and, and when I mean Netflix, I mean, as we know it now, the streaming service. When it launched, it was it was about the movie experience, and it was about making sure that you had all the cool movies that you would want, that if you didn't have HBO or you didn't want to own them, you could just stream them that way. And then, yeah, they had a couple TV shows here and there, but they were like old throwbacks that you know probably cost eight cents just to have anyway, so it's not a big deal. But you're not going to take up the whole space of growing pains on your, you know. <laughs> on your DVR. Right. Yeah, or your DVR. You're not going to do that. Speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> well, the Brian, Brian Blockbuster Thornton is a very different, you know. <laughs> Growing Pains is in my collection. Uh, I can imagine. It's actually not. And Hulu was more about television, all right? It was, they, their slogan was for the love of TV. It was about the old shows that you haven't seen in a long time or, hey, here's the new shows that you don't that, – that you've well, missed. And they also did something really smart when they first launched and that was appeal to the, the college audience, um, which is, you know, how many college kids uh, – or like even in your past experience, I watched entire freaking shows with my friends in college and yeah, it was perfect for that. They gave it for free. Yeah. With a college email. And and see, it's just it's funny now to watch them evolve and grow because now Hulu just snatched up I mean, you're you're right here. The the list of movies that they got is great. So we talked about the the Hunger Games and all that stuff. Uh Wolf of Wall Street, uh, uh Jack Ryan uh Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, Robocop. Uh don't add Robocop on yeah, the list. I was gonna say not Star, the new one. Star Trek not the into Darkness. <laughs> okay, that's uh, good. Anchorman two. Uh, I think there's a Tyler Perry movie in in there in that oh, list too. Sign but, me up. Um, they're they're going to get that. Jeff now, is all about Medea. <laughs> listen, um, Tyler Perry's a Medea a Medea Christmas. I mean, just <laughs> that's how you start your Christmas season. To, to hell with all those pumpkin spice latte and <laughs> pumpkin spice things. You grab Medea movies. <laughs> And I wonder the what, broom. Would, what would fill your suggested movies if all you watched were Tyler Perry movies? <laughs> would there be enough room? There would just for... be more Tyler Perry movies yeah, I was because say, there's like 80,000 of them. <laughs> but I thought what's interesting about this too is that on the flip side, even though they got a lot of the big movies, uh, Hunger Games, Mike and Jay Part 1, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, Interstellar, uh, those movies are not coming to Hulu in this deal. They're not getting them. No, Netflix announced that they would be getting them. Right. Right. But they just lost the partnership with Epic. So now I'm confused. So the licensing is 
the studio or through epics itself so it, epics itself is what's what's doing this they're controlling it now okay initially brian and i think this is where got, this is where things get confusing initially netflix was going to get those movies they are not those movies are not coming to netflix that was part of this deal they lost okay. them so they're coming to hulu later Yeah, but they're gonna be on hulu plus the fact that i own them all so okay. All right. <laughs> Let, let's 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 break this down for a quick second before before I go crazy. Jeff, when no, was the last time I you bought a movie? When was the last time you bought a DVD? Tuesday. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think I bought Interstellar. So that was what when it came out. What three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? And before so, that, probably not for a while. Um, but then I, you know, I buy the sci-fi movies that come out a lot of the time, the horror movies, without I, even seeing them. I can sometimes. tell you the last Blu-ray movie that I went out and purchased was Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. Or like the Hobbit stuff. I and, think that was probably the last. Stuff and too. after that, I don't buy movies anymore. I don't do it. I rely on these streaming services. Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I mean, in the interest of space saving, even though a DVD or Blu-ray box is not that like massive, um, you know, everyone wants that clean look. They don't want a shelf of movies. You know? Oh my gosh, but I love my shelves of movies. Yeah, me too. Me too. Here's Multiple shelves right. on shelves. And I've got is, shelves on shelves on shelves. To <laughs> me, no shelves. <laughs> to me, I'm starting to see a loop come back again. I think a lot of life is secular, and I think we're coming back to this. We used to buy a ton of DVDs and movies, and we used to make sure that you always owned it. So if you ever felt the whim to watch uh, SpongeBob Sponge Out of Water, you could just go ahead and watch it. I've never felt that whim. I know, I know. Beverly Hills Cop. How about that? If you ever wanted to watch <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop, you just happen to watch it, right? <laughs> that was great. But now, oh, if you want to watch Beverly Hills Cop or, I don't know, let's just say you got challenged to watch all the Rocky movies. You're not going out and buying them at an FYE or a Best Buy. You're you're streaming them. But right. what happens when you're in that whim and what used to be on one service is now – like this is constantly changing. I think we're going to go back to people buying movies again just so they always know that Good, they Good, then they can it. get on my level. Yeah. <laughs> well, the movies too offer you know like digital versions of themselves. So when you buy the movie, you basically get it on everything. Um, so – it's just or, up to you know, how you, you could do, do the Apple TV route and just like download it off of iTunes or something like that, and you're good to go. And they have all the new releases and everything, too. But I think people... At if the you want to go to the digital route. I th- okay, that's the thing. I think at the end of the day, though, people are, are worried about losing a file, having something be corrupted, having a service go down, and, and not being able to get some movies that they, they really enjoy. So do you guys think that we are maybe going back into a route where we're buying movies again on a more regular basis? Or do you think that I'm in, totally incorrect and we're just we're going to stay in the streaming route? I mean, I think you could take a look at, you know, even the stores that sell movies. Let's just take like Best Buy or whatever. What was the movie section doing? I mean, it's been shrinking for how many every year? So I don't know if that necessarily will be like the norm now. I just think more people have both services or, you know. I think people aren't looking for the back catalogs anymore. They want the newest movies to be at their fingertips whenever they want them. So like the new releases for movies like that, they're at the front of the store the second you walk in. And I don't know if that's because it's it's a shrinking market and it's going away and they just want to get anyone that they can for it, or it's because people don't care about the old stuff now, but they want to own what's current. So the same reason you just bought Interstellar, the same reason you bought all the sci-fi movies, I, I don't know. Do, Brian, do you think we're going back to a, a mode where you're going to start buying and own movies as a 
society, not as you would. Oh, okay, because I movies. never left. I know you never you never left that boat. <laughs> I he just has a blockbuster sign. In his, but hold uh, on, his how many mood. people walk into your apartment? And by the way, when you walk into Brian's apartment, there's two things you notice right away. Number one, the cat to male ratio is very <laughs> low, very low. Number two, there are movies everywhere. And when someone walks into your apartment, Brian, I know what they do because I did it. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Can I borrow that movie? You actually need a membership card. To and then you actually you. do. You, <laughs> fill out, you fill out a form. I take down all your information. I take keep your credit card on file. We take a picture against the window. <laughs> but he has no you holding fees. my movie. And I keep that on my phone until you return said movie. If you don't return said movie, I will hunt you down until I get my movie back. But um, – but so I'm worse in. than Blockbuster. I, I will find you. <laughs> but people come in and they, they borrow movies from you, right? Um, yes, yes. Most, if most I people don't worthy. own the movies that, that, that you have. So what? do you think people will want to start owning them more? Or do you think that you know, I'm completely crazy? I, 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 think, I think owning movies is becoming a niche thing for weird people like me who just love staring at my many shelves of movies and saying, that looks awesome. Um, I spent a lot of money there anyway. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think it's going to get to that point. Uh, at least, at least as long as it's available on a maximum of two services, if I can sign up for 20 bucks a month between two services and watch pretty much anything I want, I, I don't think it's going to completely go back there just yet. So this is the other question. Do you think that we can get to, or do you think that people, enough people would kind of wish for even ill-advisedly, a streaming service that is kind of like a music service where it's one big place with gigantic amounts and not having two? Or do you think people realize that this is the times and you have to have two services if you want it all? I don't know if if the average person really knows <clears throat> knows or cares that, you know, the, the intricacies behind copyrights and all that other garbage as to why you can only have it on certain services or not. If there was a way to make one service to rule them all and, hey, here's everything that's available for streaming, then I'm sure people would jump all over it. Um, but I, I just don't think that's going to be in the cards anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I think people are going to keep both if they have been having both. And probably, I mean, depending on what movie it is, not even notice. <laughs> so I honestly, yeah. I think it's going to have to get to the point where somebody makes one app, one website that integrates all these other websites like a Travago of movies or streaming services that yeah. kind of stuff i could see that yeah absolutely. yeah that i can just search a movie and find it on whatever service i have and if i have it great if i don't then i can't watch it unless i sign up for that service but again that that's in the future for for the record everything that was just said copyrighted that kind of nerd <laughs> we expect royalties whatever freaking silicon valley person steals that idea we now have you know at least some proof that we came up with the first okay so so it, do you think that's the future is that you kind of put in hey here's the movie i want to watch and then it goes well let me look at your memberships yeah watch it on this one and yeah. you're, you're good to go Absolutely. yeah i think, I think we're so. more likely to go that route than the people to start being me and, and buying crap the day it comes out well, I mean, and a lot of movie purchases are impulse buys as well. So, I mean, people are always going to buy movies if they're there. Um, I don't know. But it, it's I don't know if it's going to be like a whole resurgence of a you know older market for that stuff. I mean, if it does, then maybe Blockbuster will come back. <laughs> oh, God. We can, can we can let let I'm, that one I'm rest. Quite okay. <laughs> Just let that happen. I will say this. That the other the last thing I want to talk about with this, Netflix did kind of try to soften the blow for a lot of people. 
by saying, hey, listen, I know we're losing some movies, but man, do we have like Pee Wee Herman's got a new show coming out in early 2016. And we yeah, they, they said, look Adam at all Sandler of our original comedies coming. He's, and- he's out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> he's been out of jail for a while, Jeff. Who, Pee Wee Herman or uh, Adam Sandler? <laughs> Adam Sandler should be put in jail for some of these movies he's just come out with. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so this is the thing. I think at the end of the day, it came down to this. Hulu wants to start changing its perception to the public, that it's not about TV and it's just about streaming all together. Kind of like Netflix has been always kind of been that way since since it kind of really got its, its swing into things. And I think that Netflix is – Starting now to move away from we're just a blockbuster. We're just a place where you can find the same stuff you've already found. Just like you said, eight other different places. Come look at our original content. Come check out what we're doing that's exclusive to us. And and that's where I kind of see those two companies heading. What about you guys? Do you think that the original content in Netflix is enough to pique your interest in keeping a subscription like that? Oh, for sure. As long as they're still with the same studios, like look at a show like Daredevil. I mean, everyone who watches the Avengers in theaters will watch probably Daredevil on Netflix because it's Marvel Studios and they want to, you know, see all the aspects of that stuff. Um, I mean, other shows like Hemlock Grove, like I only watched a couple episodes, but it was very well produced as long as they have good studios backing them. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I was going to say the same thing. I mean, if $10 a month is worth me watching the next season of Daredevil and the next season of House of Cards, uh, it's worth it. All right. So, okay. Netflix. <laughs> no, I, listen, it's, it's, it's interesting, and I, I really think this is fascinating, and I, I'm kind of curious to see how this is going to go. Because just I mean, like, let's, let's put it this way. I would spend $40 on a television series normally. Like if you went to go right. buy it somewhere, you're looking at spending anywhere between 40 to $60, depending on how many episodes show like house of cards, daredevil, probably more like 40 or, or I can pay $10 a month and not just watch those anytime I want, but watch a whole bunch of other crap anytime I want. But on the flip side of this, I'll say one thing, one thing else, and then we're going to move on from this topic. When it looks at like the X-Men animated series and Spider-Man the animated series, all those early 90s Fox Kids Nostalgia shows, shows. Yep. they're nowhere. They're in yeah. licensing well, hell. Well, X-Men is the only one that's actually been released. But uh, I can't DVD. find that on a streaming service. I can only um, find it on Diffid, right? I mean, YouTube has a lot of the episodes. The 90s? I mean, I, uh, <laughs> do they, hold on, do they really? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, if you, if, I mean, right. they're not the best quality. I think that's also a thing. that The 90s Spider-Man? was actually on Netflix for like six months and I like fanboyed all over the place. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's one of those things where because you own those, cause I know you do. Uh, you, I, okay. You Let's can, put this in perspective. Uh, the Spider-Man show has actually never been officially released because of licensing issues between Fox and Marvel and Disney. Right, right, right. Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's logistics. That's the, the only way you can get that is if you buy a bootleg at a Comic-Con table somewhere, which I may right. or may not have right. done. Right. But what I'm saying is if you want to watch those, you can. Those things are, are readily available. And, and the thing is I can't wait for a time where everything is available when you want it, wherever you want it, on whatever service you have to do. And I think you guys are absolutely right. Who cares if it's $10 here and $10 there and I had to spend $20 on two subscriptions services to have them both i think it's a a good thing for everybody so 
just for or people in your who, case, if your brother has to spend twenty dollars and you get the mooch on two <laughs> oh, subscriptions, just right. just saying. It comes down to this, listeners: if you have Netflix and you don't look at other streaming services, you're missing out not only on great original content, but you're missing out on some of the things that are, are really popular. Yeah, Hulu's with you. got some pretty fantastic original content too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, much more that like Misfits art show. House. Yeah, came out yeah. of Hulu. And um, a couple other shows that like were were oh well uh, the Kevin Smith uh, series where he watched review movies that was really good too. So it, it, what we have to do is be smart. If you want to start streaming and you want to stop buying things, you got to have two services. It just comes down to that. So investigate this. Look at your services. Make sure you're getting everything that you that you're paying for. So let's talk about things that you should definitely pay for, definitely watch, and you should definitely be absorbing. There was a new trailer for season four of arrow on the cw and we're going to include the uh the the link to the trailer in our show notes so you can watch it on our website but dude this is amazing i am so excited for this freaking show did you guys get to watch the trailer yes and i i'm just gonna say something i don't like the arrow (laughs) i'm sorry i hate the arrow show but i i do enjoy watching comic book stuff on tv it's really weird jeff all of a sudden just dropped out of the call (laughs) cj you won't let him back in now don't get me wrong i love Stephen amell but the show is such bad writing listen listen, i'm gonna let you finish i'm gonna let you finish but the cw has the best dc content of all time It, it really does more importantly, Maybe the that Flash. trailer was fantastic. Maybe the Flash. Yeah, the trailer is good. <laughs> well, listen, you if you're a listener to this podcast, you know how much we love this show. We we talk about it a lot. And the reason is some of you are still not watching it. Uh, it is an amazing show. For shame, show. sir. For shame, sir, and or madam. Or uh, cat puppy thing. <laughs> the Rabbit arrow doodle. is not Batman. The arrow is not Batman. The oh, arrow is not Batman. should be presented in that way. How the That's heck is opinion. Arrow presented as Batman? <sighs> Whoa, the entire last season was about the League of Assassins and all this other stuff. And he was, I don't know, my biggest hate of the show. Now, don't get me wrong, I still watch it and everyone calls me a hypocrite. But it's when you try to like change a character just to make it more appealing to um, like a Batman fan. Just because Batman can't be on TV or wasn't on TV when it started. I don't know. I will uh, refer you to several comic book storylines, which shows that Green Arrow is closer to Batman than you may think. <sighs> but he's not Batman. But he kind of is. I'm okay. just saying Rachel Gould really does not think he is. should inherit the League of Assassins. Well, listen, in a TV universe where you can't have a Batman, this is the next closest thing. And just maybe rip it would. off. Just rip it off. It's fine. It's not ripping off. It's, it's their own stuff. They're allowed to do it's it. It's their own stuff. Whatever. Jeff, hold on. Still Are you telling things? me you've never told a story that happened to you, but it really, but it really happened, happened to, to someone else? And then really one day you tell Batman. that story to the person. You're <laughs> like, yo, this happened to me once. And then your friend's like, dude, I told you well, that story. It's different than just a minor alteration. It's like uh, you're just copy and pasting awesome Batman storylines into the arrow just because well, you – uh, here's here's the thing about the show and here's what i like about what's coming up and what's coming down the pipe uh you're now starting to get out of the it's so far from what we've seen out of the vigilante-esque kind of feel where it's a guy running around in a a costume to a man in a suit becoming a hero 
it's starting to get more polished, more official. The production value on the show is also rising up too. The effects look really great. A lot of fighting in there. This looks to be more action-packed. And some of the seasons and some of the stuff that I don't like, Jeff, too, is this constant flashing back, back and forth, back and forth, and losing adventure and excitement for a shitty story that could be summarized in 15 minutes. This looks like that they've heard some... Sorry, as like a flashback goes, it's like if you add certain little tiny things just because you didn't write the next season when you had the first season come out and you have to flashback in order to make it make sense is kind of screwed up. Anyway. Well, okay. well, that that goes to one point on this. And and thank God it's like having Josh here all over again. Hey, it's 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 the CW. And no one thought that the CW would be able to keep a show like Arrow going on TV. So I think uh, to to that point, I give him a pass because I never even thought that would happen. And yet here I am talking about it for the instinct time on how great this show looks. Brian, you haven't been very vocal and I feel like I am uh, I'm holding you back. Go ahead, buddy. Well, I, 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 the only thing I want to say is how wrong Jeff is. <laughs> Explain. I just, no, I, I, <laughs> pr- proceed with your evidence, sir. No, it's listen. It's it's a fantastic. It, it, yes, it's got those very heavily elements of the Batman story in it, and the the Batman story as you are describing it was not the Batman story until Christopher Nolan. So suck it. Um, but it, it's still a, a good retelling of that story from a different kind of perspective, from a different kind of view. The flashbacks. Got a little, a little bit, and not. I don't want to harp on that. Day. It's, it's. But we've... this season, again, it looks, it looks brighter. It looks a, a, a little bit more optimistic. It got away. It's get, it seems like it's getting away from the dark and gritty, dark and gritty feel. <laughs> Thank God that the first three <laughs> that seasons true. were. Like I said, this Ugh. is being more polished now. Because honestly, Green Arrow, for a lot of his, I mean, he's got some dips and valleys and some storylines which are really darker. He's always been a much more positive character um and and now we're seeing him become that hero the show's taking that positive turn which i really really am enjoying this the trailer looks fantastic you got a short scene of constantine yeah i was gonna say there's thank you there's a lot of other like little throws tips of the hat to other superheroes and and other characters within the dc universe coming together my favorite thing about this and then i want to talk about another another feature of this is that there's just like Batman Begins, there's a nice progression to this character where he starts out as the vigilante and then becomes the hood and then becomes the arrow. And then now that you know the, the world that he's going into, now he is becoming the green arrow. I really enjoyed seeing someone take a comic book series like that, again, which I don't have a lot of backstory on, so I could be totally off, and taking it from the Groots and, and, and what it would be like in real life to polishing it into a full-blown superhero, it's so much fun to watch. I, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah, I mean, the character progression over these past three seasons has been fantastic. His his struggle with whether or not he can do this solo or whether he needs help or, or whether he should be doing it at all is, is great. And, and see, Jeff, this is the thing. That's not supposed to happen on TV with superheroes. What the evolution of a character? Yeah, it's supposed to be writing? flat, crappy, one-dimensional. <laughs> no, things. absolutely not. You have so many other. You have so many other things. Even on like television, 
Yeah. Like, look at, okay, I know Constantine got canceled, but that had a better writing than Arrow has. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, it's not, I, I feel like people put the Arrow on a pedestal because it was the first, you know, superhero TV show in a long, long time. And they were basically at liberty to do whatever the hell they wanted. And, like, they wrote, like, really crappy, in my opinion, love triangles and stuff in it like that. And I'm like, I get it. You have to have episodic narrative. But it's just one of those things. I love characters like Felicity. Really crappy love triangles? Yeah, I love – see, I love a love, a love story. Listen, no, it's not what? a love triangle. Ollie was a whore. That's all there is to it. He just freaking spread I, his seat around and yeah. that's it. But you don't have to draw that out for like nine episodes and then flashback at the same time to like the same origin story. But you already know where he's going to end up. You know what I mean? Like it just seemed very drawn out in some cases. Now, I won't I so, won't say all the seasons were bad. I did enjoy season two and season three. So here's the other really cool thing about this. And, and the fact that this show has kind of taken on a life of its own. And so has the the actor. Because Stephen Amell went on WWE and on a couple of appearances. But one of them was great. It's, it's totally staged, obviously. And if you've heard us talk about Max Landis before, he has a terrific video called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. Watch this. And then now everything is totally different when you watch these two clips. But he was at a, a Raw taping. And there's a uh, WWE superstar, Gold, uh, I'm sorry, Stardust. Uh, if you follow wrestling, all it's pretty much gold dust. It's just latex and face paint. It's pretty bad. Anyway, he uh, like antagonizes Stephen Amell when he's like coming into the ring. Stephen Amell jumps over the barrier in very Stephen Amell arrow style, jumps into the ring and beats the shit out of him. And then takes like four security guards to hold him back. He's like, what, what, what? And then, <laughs> and then they finally just said, all right, cool. Listen, that was fun. They got a lot of people to talk about it. Let's bring him on to Ooh. SummerSlam. And they actually have the a pay-per-view fight. event. The pay-per-view cool. event with the, uh, the Red Arrow. Right, which is a WWE. Neville is the Red Arrow. Yeah, his like finishing move is called the Red Arrow. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's called <laughs> uh, which is a, uh, a a WWE superstar. That's so cool. Like, when was the last time we seen someone? When was the last time we see those two cultures cross like that and and have everybody on both sides be okay? I think that speaks to like Stephen Amell in terms of how interested he is in his own, you know, like the pop culture medium. Like he he can jump in anywhere, and you know he's got one of the most entertaining Facebooks of ever. Oh, he does! Oh Oh, my god, his his Facebook's pretty fantastic. He's got a pretty huge following, and he seems like he genuinely enjoys what he does. I mean, it's it's awesome. But according to Josh, he is still not big enough to draw people into the movie theaters to be. Well, when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 comes out starring Stephen Amell as Casey Jones, he will be eating his words. Uh, Agreed. (laughs) Wow. Hold on. All three (laughs) of us are just in agreement. I I mean, I smell collusion, sir. Josh, you're not a... You're you're not gonna get any uh, <laughs> the, negative the, crap in there. The, <laughs> this is a negative free zone, right? But uh, this is cool. But we were talking about the acceptance of nerd culture as we've kind of watched it grow over the last couple of years has just become more and more and more and more acceptable. And I really, seriously, I, I while I know a lot of people who like wrestling like superhero movies. And they like superhero shows. I never see them allowing that to cross the streams. You know, the the wrestling stories are wrestling stories, and the comic book stories are comic book stories. And even though they're kind of rooted within you know similarities, I I never thought that we would just 
upright and embrace Stephen Amell to jump into a pay-per-view, a pay-per-view event. Yep. And an actual match, too. It wasn't just like some, you know, featured cameo kind of thing. Like Ronda Rousey showed up at WrestleMania this year. But like she didn't, you know, perform in an actual match. But yeah, because cool. she would kill them all oh, in yeah. like a minute oh, yeah. and a half. By the way, and then go Ronda after Rousey's fans of the stadium. Uh, can I go to a ball with you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Turtle. That. Whatever you say, buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but, listen, I think this is really cool. The, there was I didn't really see anything for Flash. Did anyone? They should. Their, there was internet a, travels. Yeah, in my internet travels, there was. Uh, finally, they released a minute and a half uh, Comic Con teaser uh, for Flash, which really isn't much. It's just a voiceover, and you see this kind of blue streak kind of running through Central City, mm. and you hear some stuff, some stuff that as the the comic book nerd in me freaked out like uh they they have a voiceover from the, a character called jay garrick who's very prominent in the flash series and then they they kind of eluded and and stopped it and then uh said zoom is coming uh-huh. um and zoom is another speedster who who likes to make the flash's life hell um so i'm very excited i want to see a five minute trailer for this honestly <laughs> yeah this is the only time where you will hear me consistently praise the work of DC, and it's these two shows, and I, I really can't stress enough how good these shows are, and you should definitely give them a try, and since we were talking about binging them, I know they're very available on Netflix uh, to watch, at least The Arrow is. The uh, first two seasons of Arrow, at first the very two seasons least, of Arrow, are on Netflix. Uh, Go watch it. I, I, we are telling you this again for probably the fourth time. Fight these through sh- it. But shows it's, are it's decent at the end. You don't have to fight through it unless you're a horrible cynic like Jeff. <laughs> the Flash is good. I will Listen, give it the that. Only the only thing that we've told people you have to fight through to really love is like the first season of the reboot of Doctor Who. Other than that, every show we've recommended, no need to fight. You'll just enjoy it right away. <laughs> Uh, so go do that. Go find your website that tells you what streaming service they're on and type it in and do that. And if that exists in the future, Get your you $8 are welcome. bottle of wine and just enjoy yourself. Uh, because it's going to be good. So, Jeff, it wouldn't be an episode with you if we didn't have some kind of gaming news or, or gaming oh, yeah. stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, so I would love to hear what's going on in the world of gaming that our, our fans and our, our listeners would, would love to hear about. So um, biggest thing... You know, that just happened this past uh, week is uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain uh, was released, which is, you know, Kojima. I don't, you know, if you read my article about Konami and Kojima, they split ways. And, you know, this has been a franchise spanning almost, what, 20 years? You, you 20 owned years? this yeah. game because you had if a PlayStation. Everybody had this game. Since mm-hmm. since uh, Nintendo, Metal Gear, yeah, that's Kojima. Just true. And that was 86, I believe, or 87 yeah. when the first Metal Gear was released. Um, but, you know, then obviously the, the first gen, it was, you know, Solid Series came out for PlayStation and it was, you know, the best. That's thing where ever. that's where the series really took off. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, so it's what's that? Uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, honestly, this is where what introduced me to the Metal Gear series was Metal Gear Solid for my PlayStation one. I, I bought this in Siphon Filter off of a, a, oh, yes, a friend of mine filter. for like $10, and the fool had no idea what he was giving me. And uh, I played that game ad nauseum. Yep. Um, and it had such good replay value. And, and it, it's it's so cool. Well, in, in, a, in a world where all of your video games are, here's your gun, 
shoot the F out of whoever gets in your way. This game takes finesse. Every single one of these games takes a little bit of finesse. If you want to do it right, you got to be tactical. You guys think about it. You can't just kill everybody, which yep. is so cool. And it was the first game that really kind of brought that to light for me. And I, I, I've been addicted to it ever since. Uh, I, I want to play Phantom uh, Pain. I just have not gotten a chance to. But I, I'm looking forward to this immensely. And so, it taught us all that hiding under a cardboard box was the perfect way to get yourself you invisible. out of a bad situation. It's, yeah, it you is are the invisible cheapest to anyone. way to cosplay at any con <laughs> is just grab a box and be walk like, "I'm solid steak." And be yep. like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. There's no one under here. Shh. <laughs> it's okay." But and this was another game too that like it, it's so cinematic. Like the, the, you can't. Not you can't help yourself but get sucked into this story. What I've loved about these games in recent years is that they are doing a wonderful job of blending art with video games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and and it's it's really showing off the power of what you can do not only just with a computer but an interactive medium like this. Oh, for and, sure. The um, you know, look, think about a boss fight like uh, I forget his name off the top of my head, but you have fought a guy Psychomanus in one of yes. the games where you literally unplugged your controller. I don't know at one part. Is. It was like uh, it was a very meta these games have always been very meta and they always like get in the head of the actual player which makes them extremely so extremely since cj awesome. and some of our viewers might not have played yeah, keep this it game. low for me i don't i don't so here don't here's here was the coolest part because th- again this was one of the first games that did this for me how interactive it was with you as a player not just i'm pushing buttons like you had to think outside the box and psychomantis is supposed to be this character who's been experimented on he can read your mind and he he shows he's up. Josh and Burns. He, I get it. Okay. Yeah, and just to and just to show you how awesome he is, he's like, "Hey, put your controller on the floor," and then they like vibrate it, and he's like, "Oh, I'm moving the controller," and you're like, oh, "Okay, whatever. That's that's cool and whatever." But when you're fighting him, you can't hit him until you figure out that you need to unplug your controller. And put it into port two so he can't read your mind. <laughs> so he takes control of your mind and what? he like recognizes other games that you played. Cause yeah, his, he's like, I the, see the you've been playing Final Fantasy VII recently. Yep. Man, yep. you really suck at it. Like, <laughs> so, so it's good. almost like a breaking the fourth wall, Deadpoolish kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, though. but in a cool, like a it, really kind of cool way that you're just me. like, all right, that's pretty legit. So what is what does this game bring to the market that's different than other games I, I can buy on my PlayStation? What is this game's awesome claim to fame? Well, let me just preface that whole thing by saying it is the only new next-gen title to receive all 10 out of 10s, um, or 5 out of 5s. You know, Metacritic gave it a 5 out of 5, IGN, GameSpot, both 10 out of 10. Um, it's also taking full advantage of all the graphic capabilities and is rated as one of the best, if not the best games, uh, in terms of just look and appearance. So if um, I own a new console, this is a game that's gotta be in my library. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what else is cool is the game actually, you know, it learns from how you play. So say you kill someone in a certain way, you know, you snipe them or whatever. Um, enemies will then start to adapt to your strategies, which is like really <laughs> you can't, cool. You can't do the same thing over and over again. I mean, you can, but it's just going to be harder. And it's it's one of those things where that's how actual enemies would probably, you know, if you have a guy going around taking out dudes. Oh, wait, this guy likes, you know, to use a sniper rifle. Maybe we'll, always, you know. I always thought about that when I played Arkham Knight or I played uh, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions with, you know, Noir. 
you would go from the ceiling, come down, wrap somebody up, pull them up to the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Or like the Mr. Feet Freeze away, encounter. Right. Yeah. Feet, three feet from another guy. And then they all look up for a little bit. And then they go back down to looking at the ground. I'm like, hey, I, like you saw the dude on the ceiling, right? That's probably where the next attack's coming from. <laughs> if it helps you, the new Batman doesn't do that. Uh, all right. I've died many times because I thought I could get away with that. <laughs> and no but, you know, you know, as the AI learns as well, um, it also, you know, you are able to experience more aspects of the gameplay and it gives you a lot of tools to actually counter them. So, like, you know, it's not just you have a gun or your fists. It's like you have all sorts of stuff. You have this um, this thing called Mother Base, which is an ever evolving, you know, research facility where you're kind of like, you know, you're obviously Snake, but you're the commander of this uh, research facility. But you get tech upgrades and different ways of spotting certain types of enemies, all this cool stuff. So it's a challenge to not only the, 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 the AI learns how you play, but you can play the game differently based on the abilities that are, are given to you. Yeah. That sounds yep. pretty cool. It sounds like more strategy than just the typical crowd that we're used to now where it's, you know, shoot, 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 and ask questions later. <laughs> so, uh, I'm listen, a welcome change in the gaming industry and, and a way to change the perspective of people having games, I think that's welcome. What else What else came down the pipeline that our, our readers and our listeners would, would probably like to know, Jeff? Um, we got uh, a few little things about Kingdom Hearts 3. This this week, um, TJ, TGS, which is the Tokyo Game Show, kind of a lot of companies gave their lineups for the, the coming show show and uh king you know square didn't really talk too much about it but they revealed a few of the worlds for kingdom hearts uh one the major reveal being that big hero 6 will be a part of kingdom hearts 3 um, which is, is actually really cool <laughs> this is the thing i love about kingdom hearts is that uh, and and i have a love-hate relationship with this game that you get characters from everywhere in yeah. here like, and you travel everywhere, and you get yeah. to play with those characters in their home environment, or and, take it, and, with and interact with their home environment. And sometimes you're a part of the movie, CJ. It's even better, which is, which is pretty awesome. But it's I the mean, fact that you said, "Oh man, I always would have loved to play as X character," and then usually Kingdom Hearts is the game that goes, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if you could play as that character?" Like, I just said that. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> like this, this game first came out. I remember being so excited because I was a huge Final Fantasy fan. And it, it's Disney. If you if you say you're not a Disney fan, you are a liar and a hypocrite. Um, because everybody loves Disney, for, for to some extent. But I, I just the thought of melding these two worlds together is just so cool and so much fun. And and, and it's, it's still super original. Like it's not yeah. you know boring or anything. You know there was two or th- you know you have Unchained Memories, different different things on different you know handheld consoles or handheld uh, devices. Um, it's always new and exciting. They're also something that wasn't done before. They are kind of doing continuations. So, you know, like if you guys saw Big Hero 6, where that story ended, there's actually going to be a continuation narrative that takes, oh, cool. you know, it happens right after the the events of the movie and is uh, supposedly is canon. But I don't know if that's just speculation at this point. But like, it's kind of cool to see that that stuff happen. I wonder if they'll do like a Frozen or something. <laughs> if they don't, you just got to let it go. Yeah, just gotta oh God. Go. I'm going to make life and a sparkly dress <laughs> in one fell swoop. <laughs> that would be, well, by the way, that would be the coolest cop- cosplay to see Jeff with all his big bushy beard and his manliness and his deep gravelly voice in an Elsa costume. Hey, I man, think. I can hit a high B. I can hit a high B, but I don't know if I can hit that last note. It's, it's pretty much uh, pretty up Oh, my God, that would be so much fun. <laughs> Uh, so Brian, what, what's your take on on Kingdom Hearts, and and why is this game for you kind of special and unique? Like, why does this game deserve people's time and attention? It 
every version of Kingdom Hearts has brought something new and cool and different to the table. But I mean, honestly, for for me and for a lot of gamers, it's just it's so cool having like your favorite Disney characters and being in those Disney worlds and kind of interacting with those worlds and characters. Um, it, it's a lot of fun and, and it's it's just different from you know any other Disney game where you just pretty much are, are playing through the movie or any other. It's different from any other RPG where you you just kind of you, you play through a very kind of convoluted storyline. I mean, Kingdom Hearts storyline is convoluted, but it's got this kind of mm-hmm. like really heartwarming uh, mm-hmm. thrill behind it because it's, it has Disney characters and it's very Disney centric as well. And Mickey's a badass, and that's and he, awesome. it's not he just is. for kids. So you can you can take something from this game if you're a kid. You can take something from this game if you're an adult. Yeah, um, and some aspects are really freaking hard too, which I actually really enjoy in games. <laughs> the the problem I've always had with games that have to deal with like movies and those kind of characters is really they're there to sell me to go see a movie or go do something related to that franchise, and they don't care about the story because once you see the movie, you you pretty much you've done the game, or if you right. play the game, you spoil the movie. And Kingdom Hearts says, listen, these are characters that you like. These are characters that are really fun to kind of play with and experiment. And let's not ruin anything for you. And we're not trying to make you go see the movie. I mean, you probably will watch, you know, Big Hero 6 again after playing it. But its main focus is about creating a cool, unique environment with characters in different scenarios than you've ever seen them before. And trying to really tell a story, and it's I think never that, been a movie game. You know, like right, movie games exactly. are always bad. They're always it could bad. turn into that <laughs> so quickly if they really want to do, and all they wanted to do was sell DVDs or sell you know merchandise for this stuff. They would do it in a heartbeat. Now, don't but get me they, wrong; they do release those standalone titles. Uh, <laughs> very true. But well, you, you know they, what? Say what you want about the standalone titles, but they they all connect. They, I mean, if you're a really huge Kingdom Hearts fan, like maybe somebody here is. And may have all of those titles and the remakes on PS3. Um, they they all connect and they all have their, their part in the story, which is still really cool. So it, it's one of those things where you can play the main three, one, two, three, and be okay. Or you can play the main three and play the offshoots and kind of enhance your experience and get more out of the story, which is fantastic for, for me. Replay value. I'll just say that much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's a huge thing, too. The thing with with gaming in my perspective right now is for me, and I know for a lot of people, time is not – I don't have a ton of free time right now. And the world has become less and less more you know, free time because you've got your Netflix queue to go through. You've got work to get to. You've got schoolwork that you got to get done. Everything's kind of scheduled out or, or your, any free moment you have, it's either on your phone or on a tablet. That f- spending $60 on a game is a huge deal now. And I love that some of the games that you're mentioning here, Jeff, they're the perfect thing that not only is it about one time playing and just you know spending $60 for a little bit of amusement, but it's the fact that you can get these games and still play them again. That once you do get some free time and you want to decompress, even though you've played a game like this before, you can go ahead and play it again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to look into when they make games. Because just like we talked about, movie games and things like that that big titles and big names that are good for four, four, three or four months, they're not there to replay the campaign again. They're there to go online, have a 12-year-old call you a, you know, a dick, and then you know, die. <laughs> and then say that he's doing something well, and also my mom or these something. They die and repeat like, and do it all over again. Yeah. Like this, this is different. It was like in that. development for almost six years. 
And it shows, you know, and it's yeah. not one of those games that gets stuck there. It was just they needed the time to do it and do it well. And Kingdom Hearts, I'm sure, will be the same way. Um, the, the studios that, you know, make these games really genuinely care, not to say Activision and these guys who make Call of Duty and Battlefield don't. But it's like if you have to churn out a game in a year, you don't have a lot of time to edit it um, or make it better. There's not it's not the point. You know, the campaign's not the point. But with these games, it's always been about story over everything else. So uh, I have to thank Jeff for for coming back onto the show and thank you, Jeff. Oh, I'm I'm always I always have fun with you guys. It was nice to have a a deep, sultry voice on, and 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 I feel that I would now be uh, able to go to sleep. I fun fact: I narrate my life in Jeff's voice. Is that what you do? I do. He has a vocoder that changes his voice. Just just in my head, in your inner monologue, in your inner monologue, is that (laughs) Jeff is like, I woke up this morning and I just did not want to go to work today. (laughs) (laughs) You know my life so well. Uh, but listen, Jeff wrote some amazing articles, and we'll be posting them throughout uh, the week uh, about some of the games, some of the things that we've talked about. So please make sure you support Jeff's writing as well and check him out on thatkindofnerd.com. Uh, so we can definitely do that. I would love to hear people's thoughts and feelings on streaming services and what their their end goal is. Do you think having a database where you can kind of type in a movie or type in a show and find out where it's at is a – a good idea or do you have a better one out there and i promise we won't steal and make that own website we want to be partners with you if that's your dream uh and we definitely want to make sure that you guys can kind of tell us what do we need to be watching what is a show that we need to watch you obviously heard of us talking about it we got josh to go on a i think season four of chuck yes he's, he's almost done he's almost done we're close to wrapping up deadwood my wife is finishing up doctor who doctor who's coming up soon uh, so so excited. we are recommending Arrow and Flash to you like we're getting paid by the CW. We're not, by the way, just so everyone's Although clear. we wish we were. We are not. I would not accept so their money. If you have, <laughs> the Moesha Network would not take would not allow it for you. Uh, but we you know, give you suggestions. We would like to take yours. So if you have a suggestion, make sure you tweet it at us at, at that kind of nerd or email it to us at podcast at that kind of nerd dot com. So uh, thank you guys so much for uh, taking the time out of your day to, to listen to the show, for making us your walk around the neighborhood, your drive to work. And uh, please help support the show by going to audibletrial.com slash that kind of nerd. Again, that's over 180,000 audiobooks. That's ridiculous. And it works on It's anything. over 9,000. It's, it's, it's over 9,000. And it works on anything you can plug a pair of headphones into. So you have no excuse to not be smart and not to listen to some amazing books by some amazing people. So go to audibletrial.com slash that kind of nerd. Thank you again for listening to the show. Have a wonderful day. Adam Sandler should be put in jail for some of these movies he's just come out with. Jeff is all about Medea. <laughs> it's really weird. Jeff all of a sudden just dropped out of the call. What you, you CJ, you won't let him back in? And Mickey's a badass, and that's awesome.